Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. Yes, indeed, we are back at it. It's a Saturday. We're around the 10 o'clock hour talking real estate, always welcoming your phone calls and text messages about real estate. I'll give you the phone number and the text number in just a moment, but uh, let's say hi. Andy's back. Yeah. Chris is back. We're back. And uh, how was your uh, how was the womp, week or womp. so since we've seen each other? You uh, have a good time, um, you know, away. Absolutely, your work yeah, never stops, though, does it? No, it doesn't. No. That nice little snow kind of put a wrinkle in a few things uh, for a lot of people. But uh, you know, and then now all of a sudden, now it's Easter weekend, so it's kind of like people are holding off, and so now you kind of wait till after Easter. And I have a feeling a lot of stuff is going to happen next week. Yeah, I agree. It, Coming it, on the market. This is a good weekend too, Denny, for online traffic. So like when you're, you know, your pre-MLS listings and some of those things, this is a great opportunity this weekend because a lot of people are together with family and they, they say, hey, you know, I've been looking in this area, you know, properties pop up, you know, whatever. And, and so it's, it's a great, you'll see a lot of online looking. Now today, we all of us guys are out for breakfast before the show. There are people out like crazy with this kind of weather, this kind of temperatures. Oh, yeah, and uh, it's it's almost too bad if you don't have an open house today, you should. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What and, we, Andy and I thought about jogging with everyone, but then we thought better. Yeah, we just drove along yeah, the side and heckled them. Let's we have, had to have some breath. <laughs> let's to be have able to talk here. Let's have breakfast instead. Hey, you in shape people? <laughs> yeah, after eating our egg McMuffins. Yeah. Well, what are we going to be uh, talking about today? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we brought Mark Pedig and Brent Anderson in with uh, Remax Lakes Area Realty. Uh, the, we call them the, the Brainerd Lakes guys. Uh, we've yeah. had them on our show before, mm-hmm. and uh, we thought we'd obviously get a little update on that market as well. Why don't you throw something out there, Brent, that uh, how is – we always talk in the first segment about how the market is going in general. You guys still going crazy up there. Yeah, Chris, that's a great question. Thanks for having us. Chris, Andy, Danny. Yeah, always glad to be here. Yeah, no, our market's doing doing great. It's really strong right now. Uh, Inventory is a little lacking, probably fifteen percent down from last year at this time. Uh, prices are up, so it's really a great time to sell. And uh, we got a good amount of inventory also coming on the market soon. So, yeah, it's hmm. a pleasure to be here. Mark, what kind of inventory do you need up there? Everything. Everything. Uh, you know, it's and it's what we've really seen is the uh, the lower level. Uh, 
lower price bracket lake homes have been a very, very hot commodity. And because of that, uh, all of our prices have kind of shifted a little bit, but they're all very thin, you know, and, and, um, you know, the biggest thing that we see right now is, you know, number one, it, you know, it, it, I mean, you're looking anywhere from a $300,000 lake home to one and a half million. We need, we need everything. And there's mm-hmm. buyers for everything. And if, uh, if homes are priced halfway right, it doesn't matter the price bracket. They're, they're moving fairly quickly. You know, you, we've even had, you know, several million dollar properties that have gone, you know, in less than a week or two, you know, yeah. just because of pricing being appropriate. Yeah, and obviously there's pricing segments. We talk about that all the time that are like hot little areas. I was out uh, showing – actually, it was yesterday. And um, we had uh, – it was a $200,000 townhome um, in in Bloomington. And uh, we got there. I mean, and their cars were lined up. I mean, this is the first day on the market. Yeah. We had a showing set up at 5 or 5.30. And um, there was like 12 shoes that were on the steps to try to get into the house. Mm-hmm. And then there was uh, – Agents plotted all around there with their clients. And it was just like, you've got to be kidding me. But I think what was interesting, too, is that, I, you know, that's what a seller hopes for. And like, oh, my gosh, that's what we want. We want to get all these people in, create a bidding war and be able to make more money. But I think what happens sometimes, and it depends on what the property is, mm-hmm. that this is not a big townhome. It's probably 1,400 square feet. And I think people were realizing that, you know what, I can't really have anyone over here. And then we'll probably outgrow this pretty darn quick anyways. Yeah, no place to park, right? Yeah, and, and no place. Yeah, exactly. And so and then what happens is then all of the imperfections start coming out more because people are looking for a reason not to do it. Because again, they don't really want to be in multiple offers. Well, either. I was just gonna Chris, we had it's funny you say that because we had the exact same example. An old high school friend of mine calls me and says, Hey, I'm looking for a place in Maple Grove. The property pops up. It's listed at about two fifty in a nice townhouse in Maple Grove. So we wander up there. And I'm sitting there. I got there a couple minutes early, and and I'm watching three sets of real estate agents with their clients, you know, literally lined up to go into this property. My client shows up, and uh, we're in the house, and there's multiple people in the house. And my buddy says, you know what? I'm not interested in getting in a fight over a house. So she literally gets cold feet and says, hey, let's let's hold back. I don't want to be in this environment because she goes, I don't want to overpay for these properties. And I agreed with her because, you know, you looked at some of the comps. They were in the, the 230s all the way up to maybe 265 for totally renovated, and this one was right in the middle. And so it was like, you know, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's like so some people get timid with that kind of competition because it's a big decision anyway, let alone the pressure of feeling the, you know, the peer pressure to make a decision fast. Yeah, and my example too is that there were some imperfections in there, and I think what's going to happen <laughs> is that there's going to be multiple offers, no question, mm-hmm. uh, on this property because there's just nothing available, and it was a, in a great location. But there was enough imperfections that whoever is going to secure that property and win is then going to have an inspection. And we've all seen what happens on that when you start feeling like, geez, I paid too much for this. Mm-hmm. And now this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And now they come back to that seller and start saying, hey, we got to renegotiate. And sometimes that comes back and it does the opposite effect of what you wanted. So what do you suggest? I mean, like you guys, when you're listing a property like that, when you're um, – do you, do you tell the client then to get those – to-do list items done so that that doesn't haunt them after the inspection? Or what do you guys do? Yeah, well, actually, that's a what you guys just brought up. It's a great reason to come up to the Brainerd Lakes area. We're out of the hustle and bustle of the metropolitan area, <laughs> so we don't see quite that much of a fiasco when we're showing homes. And all of your listings are perfect, right? They're they're actually pretty nice. But, no, we're always going to recommend <laughs> to touch things up if it needs to be done, and it all really depends what that customer is looking to do as well. You know, what What? Uh, what I typically do uh, upon securing the listing, the first items we really look at is what are the typical 
home inspection items that we run across. And and my theory is is you every house, it doesn't matter if it's new construction, every house has something in it that in every home inspection is always different. You could have two home inspectors going into a house, find completely different items. You know, and and so the the big thing I try to do with my sellers is really give them that checklist. What do we see typically? Because the fewer red flags that pop up, the major issues don't feel quite, feel quite as major. You know, where if you do have a major issue but everything else is spotless, it's a lot easier to work through those issues, you know, or that issue. Whereas if it's, you know, that list looks like it's a mile long and, you know, three-quarters of that mile is right. simple, yeah. it just it looks intimidating. Yeah. And, that, and that's where, you know, absolutely you have to go through and make sure those GFIs are correct. Right. Make sure there's no double tapping in the breaker panel. We call that you know. the honey-do list. Yeah. When, you, when, you, when I get an absolutely. inspection back that says these are all the things we're going to have to do if you don't do them for us. And they, a lot of times, agents, I can't believe the stuff that they write into these addendums, just the, the I mean, literally crap that they ask us to do. And it's like, that as an agent, you should coach your people through that because it's not worth losing a transaction over three GFIs and, a, and an outlet in the garage. It doesn't work right. And just do an estimate on the spot. It's $400 with the electrical work. And then you bring your electrician and get it done the right way, the way you want it done. Yeah, but, but what, here's what happens okay. is that now they've gone in that that buyer – They've they've done such a great job for them. They've paid fifteen thousand over full price. Mm-hmm. You know that that the agent got it for them. They don't think that the agent's kind of thinking, "Geez, I haven't done really nothing for him." In reality, you got the deal, which right. is good. But now it's kind of like, "Hey, I'm going to show you how to negotiate." And then they go after the the seller for all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. I think from a, a seller perspective and a listing perspective, I think that's where you have to kind of go back and say, you know. Like Mark was saying, hey, take that extra week. I know the market's crazy right now, but if you take that extra week, we're going to solve a lot more problems that are going right. to come up later on. And then the other thing is, is you know, negotiating that purchase agreement in your favor. You know, everyone, you give someone 10 days for an inspection, they use all 10 days. Right. You know, you give them five. It's miraculous how they get it done in five days. Right. You know, if they want the property, they're going to be able to get it done. And so, so you guys are saying be proactive versus reactive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think a lot of it too, and and this is what I explained to you know the agents on my team and my clients is, you know, really it depends on what side of the negotiation you're on. You know, if if you're mm-hmm. representing the buyer, yeah, you're going for the best buyer terms possible. Of but course. as a seller, you know, of course, yeah, you're looking at those terms and saying, you know what, we don't really want a ten day period. You know, we 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 kind of want to have an idea who is the home inspector that you're planning on using. Well, I still think that's a huge thing in our market of finding out. Hey, who's your home inspector? You know, we're in a smaller market. We know every home inspector for the most part that is in the homes, and we know some home inspectors. You don't. We got to plan for an extra thousand dollars. We've been for years campaigning back to the old forms committee, asking them to go back to the old way they did it because then you could have the. You know, that you have three days, we have two days, you have two days, you know, and it was defined and it was a lot easier for agents because then you had the rules up front and it was easier to negotiate. So, Tell you what, it's about time for a quick break here. If you have a, a real estate type of question, call us or text us, 651-989-9226. Text number, meanwhile, 81807. It's the Real Estate Show here on CCO. If you have that kind of a question related to real estate, uh, call us or text us, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is eight one eight zero seven. Here again, Chris and Andy. Yeah, you know when we left, we were talking about the whole inspection and the process. And typically, buyers are asking mm-hmm. for ten days, and we want to try to shorten that process. But uh, you know, Mark, what what happens to the actual uh, that deadline when that deadline comes? What what happens? You know, uh, essentially, if there's no agreement in place of uh, 
repairs needed to be made, things of that nature. That that purchase agreement is now full force. There is no inspection. It's not. It's not done. It's in full force. It's yeah. basically saying, "Hey, everything's fine, and we're moving forward." So that contingency Whereas before, expires. it used to be the opposite. If we right. gave them, if we gave them notice of, you know, hey, we want these things done, and it didn't get handled. The purchase agreement was done and canceled. Exactly. So if, if there are repairs that need to be made or, or you know, a buyer is concerned about something, realistically, the agent should be sending, you know, if it's that last day, they should be sending a cancellation along with the amendment and kind of saying, hey, guys, we either need to cancel or we need to commit and this is what you need us to do. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think there's a lot of agents that like to walk that tightrope. And uh, yeah. you know, I just I just had a client of mine the other day ask me, said, hey, Mark, you know, well, this day worked for uh, the home inspection. It happened to be the last day of the period. I said, you know, theoretically, yes, we could still do a home inspection, but realistically, we aren't going to be able to really do a whole lot with that. You're you almost going to learn stand a lot there with them, yeah, exactly. And 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 that doesn't put us in a very powerful situation. So we we decided, you know, somehow we made the schedule work. We moved it a week earlier, and things are going to work out great. But it's just, you know. But that's the expectation I set too. You know, I think that's where agents really need to make sure they're setting the appropriate expectations with their clients as well. So what about uh, talking about Lakeshore? I know all three of you guys over there are are all Lakeshore guys. You know, um, what are we seeing in our inspections nowadays regarding Lakeshore that might be different than something that's off the lake? Are you seeing contingencies upon like improving the shoreline? Are you seeing, you know, what kind of stuff are you guys seeing? Well, something you guys got to remember too, obviously we're in a seller's market. So with the inspections, I try to remind people, you know, this is primarily for the buyers anyways. It's for your peace of mind. It's not really a a checklist to go back to the seller with because there's a lot of people people here ready to buy right. now non contingent cash large so not down renegotiating tools yeah, a lot uh, of people try to use it as renegotiating yeah and I, yeah I think what's interesting too on that inspection addendum nowadays what you can do is you can basically go back to the seller and say you know what I basically want you to tear down the house and rebuild me one on day three of your inspection. And you really have till 10 days to be able to switch and change your mind. So you might have no intention whatsoever in which to be able to do it. You're holding that seller hostage for another seven days mm. before they can get it back on the market. It's, it's kind of a sad thing. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. So I don't know. You know, one thing I've seen on Lakeshore, and it's, it's somewhat of an inspection period, but uh, sometimes we write it off on its own addendum. Uh, you know, a lot of people will come up and look at lake properties, and they might find the perfect property, but they need more garage space. But one thing a lot of buyers don't know about is we can only improve 25% of the square footage of the property, the impervious coverage. You know, so you might find the perfect house without a garage. You might not be able to put a garage on it. So that is <laughs> something that uh, we do commonly see, especially in our area, um, you, know, so, is, is, you know, are we able to put that extra structure up? Are we able to put an addition onto the house? How much closer to the lake can we go? You know, those are all some things, you know, some variances that, that we might have to get approved. But that's from a seller standpoint. You need to get the buyer all the information you can. So let's just say on that mm-hmm. example, I don't know if I can get a garage on. Maybe I can. Maybe I can't. Well, they're going to spend their whole inspection time. You don't know that as a seller trying to figure out if they can have a garage. And if we already know that or gave that to them, not only is that going to make it more valuable to that buyer, but it might have gotten a couple other buyers that go. said, oh, my gosh, it doesn't have a garage. Buy, well, buyers typically, they want, they want to buy. But while they're buying, just the buying process, they're also trying to find reasons why not to buy it. And if, if they don't have that information right up front, yeah, it gives them more opportunity to think about why not to do it. And so you're saying a listing agent does make a difference? It sure does. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys are being proactive again, again versus reactive. You're putting all the facts in front of the people so they can make those decisions in a timely fashion with all the facts in front of them. I always say that buyers are so smart nowadays. They've researched for two years before they meet you guys 
or you know, or somebody that wants to show them Lakeshore. And so when they finally get there, all they're doing is going out and confirming what they think they already know. And then if you give them all the things they can't Google, like, you know, what the city's opinion is of your garage or the lakeshore, you know, hey, you can have another dock or not. And that being proactive, I think, is a great, uh, great uh, approach. Totally. Positioning your house. And when I say positioning, we talk about staging. But positioning is exactly that. We got to give them all the information so it gets our, our value up and create value. Uh, Brent, we got a good uh, little text question for you here. Are there restrictions on VRBO rentals, which Mm. is vacation rental by owner, rentals in the Brainerd area? Uh, Yes, there are restrictions. Uh, A lot of people buying to offset their mortgage, using it as a VRBO. We see a lot of that coming in. Each city or uh, county has a little different regulation. Uh, It's kind of a sticky spot right now. Uh, The cities and the counties don't really know how to enforce these rules that they're putting in place on VRBO. Mm. Um, it's kind of funny. I was thinking here the other day, you know, back in the day, there used to be a ton of mom pop resorts like up and down the shoreline, which didn't even really realize. Mm-hmm. And then now it's kind of coming back to that with everybody using their home as a VRBO. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a great way to offset uh, your payment. Yeah, because all those little cottages went bye-bye, right? Yeah, and they're gone. The yeah. mom and pops are gone. Everyone's well, building houses on them. But and think about this, guys. I mean, if you're buying a $700,000 million, you know, second home, Look at the taxes. Look at the upkeep. Look at the – my gosh, that expense is ridiculously high. And you get to the point of where an offset of income like a VRBO would be a great way to offset it a couple weekends out of the year when you're not there. Um, but as long as they let you do it legally. I'm sure Brett and Mark could find you some renters too pretty dang quick up there. I mean everyone's <laughs> looking for that, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a very common thing yeah. right now. All right. We need to take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go. If you have a question about real estate, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. Text us eight one eight zero seven. And good morning. Welcome back to our real estate show here on CCO. If you have that kind of a question, call it in or text it in six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Or again, the text number eight one eight zero seven. Guys, we have uh, both bunch of both. Yeah, lots of stuff. I was going to say we did. Yeah. We get an off air comment about the VRBOs and and how they're used. And there's, it's a real good point in that. Usually people that do the VRBOs are using it as a family reunions or parties and they're having a I mean that I mean it's sandwiched between five other homes that, you know, are, are living their daily life and now all of a sudden every weekend they have a huge party so you, from you, a bunch of different people. But you don't ever have family reunions at your cabin? I not do. every weekend. Oh. But I'm just saying. I mean that's that that's another part of the VRBO problem. You're well, just thinking it's a big part. Okay. Well yeah. well and some of them though, uh some of them don't even advertise as VRBOs anymore because they actually have a consistent clientele from Memorial Day to Labor Day that every year for the last five years, that's the house they go to and, mm-hmm. that's and away they go. It's, you know, and some of them, it's like, it's, just, resort. it's like clockwork and the neighbors actually get to know who's there, <laughs> what weeks. It, it's you know, like it's, everything. There's, there's pluses and minuses on both sides. All right, tell you what, let's go to the phones. Uh, Cheryl is calling from Blaine, I believe. Cheryl, you're on CCO. Hi. I have a question. Um, my daughter's been looking for a townhouse and that, and she sees ones that say going to be coming on the market soon. How do you figure out how much then, to, I assume they want to have like a bidding war. So how do you figure how much you should make an offer or does it all depend on what you see when you get there? I think I think you're exactly right, Cheryl. Is what they're trying to do is they're trying to drum up the excitement. So then, when it finally does come on, that a lot of people show up that first day, and there's probably ten, fifteen of them or whatever. But what do you think, Andy? You, coming soon? Yeah, no. There's a lot of strategy behind that concept now, and a, a lot of the agents are trying to avoid the bigger websites that are out there that are just selling your information to get leads coming in, and they're basically trying to get their client. 
there's been a CMA done on that house, you know, so a, a market analysis has been done, I guarantee, and they're looking at what are the other properties for sale for. They compare the condition. Your agent, Cheryl, should be doing the same thing. So even if you're finding one that's on Facebook, for an example, that says coming soon, you should get your agent involved, have them doing a market analysis on that house so you know what is a good price. So before you even walk in the door, you're going to know if it's priced right or not because just because it's listed doesn't mean it's overpriced. Um, and just because it's before it hits the MLS doesn't mean that the price is wrong either. So what we've done in the past is we'll hit those markets. And then what we do is uh, the, the client that comes in and says, hey, we'll pay you this at price or over, they may not even list the house. And that's where some of these listings aren't even hitting the MLS until after they're sold and they're being put in there as a comp sold. You know, one thing I've done with a lot of my clients is, uh, you know, I, I tell my buyer clients that every property is actually worth something different to everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, as our CMAs, we're trying to look at the market as a whole and on an average, say, what should it be worth? But there are different scenarios for every client and every buyer that it may be worth more or less to them because of location, because of layout. Who knows? Maybe an old, an old family member owned. You know, there are all sorts of scenarios where a property might be worth something else. So, I, you know, if you find something you really, really like, you really have to put your best foot forward and say, you know, what am I willing to pay to where if it's a dollar more? You know what? I'm fine with not having it. And I think those, that whole coming soon thing, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I personally don't really like it. Um, and I'll use it sometimes, but not all the time. It depends mm-hmm. what you're doing because sometimes if you do a coming soon, you you're, you all the anticipations there, and people are like, "When's it coming out? When's it coming out? When's it coming out?" And then all of a sudden, it maybe it doesn't come on. Maybe they're not ready. Well, but, I mean, it's supposed to say. But coming soon doesn't mean that you can't show it. See, most coming soons that I see up in the Blaine market where she's talking. We're allowing showings to happen. We're paying full real estate commissions. They're doing everything pre-MLS, and it's it's being done very successfully. I mean, you look at some of the biggest real estate teams in the North Metro, mm-hmm. and it's being done every day. So it's something you do have to pay attention to. All right, let's go back to the phones. Mary is calling from Menominee, I believe. Mary, you're on CCO. Hello. Thank you. Um, I have a question about lake homes. So when people are looking for a lake home, are they looking for a turnkey or are some people willing to put in some sweat equity? I think that they're looking all over the place, guys. I mean, from it's a teardown to they just want a cabin, they'll slowly fix it up and then the people want it done. Yeah, no, that's a great question, Mary. Um, you know, a lot of these buyers that are out there looking at lake homes right now, they're really not finding what they want. Uh, so they are putting in a lot of sweat equity and a lot of improvements to the home after they purchase it. Well, don't it. you guys think, too, though, that there's people that when they sell their house as is on the lake, they're assuming that somebody else wants to come in and make it their own. So why would they spend all the money and energy and effort to make it you know, fixed up, but it's the wrong direction maybe from the style somebody knew would want it to be? So is there some thought behind that? You know, I think a lot of it depends on the lake shore in and of itself. You know, totally. if, it's a, if it's a property that needs a lot of work, that, that may be fine if it's a very premier lake lot. The lake lot might be worth more than the home right. and, and, and is in a lot of scenarios. So I think a lot of it depends mm-hmm. on the on the situation. You know, what I always look at with my clients is, you know, with my sellers, it's what do you want to get? And it might cost some money to try to get that number mm-hmm. and it may not be worth it. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, buyers, they're, they're all over the place right now because we do have a ton of buyer pressure and, and a lot of it just kind of gets down to, okay, does the seller have a budget and are the items that need repair budget-worthy items. So I've got a question for all three of you. So I have a property that maybe isn't in the best condition, and I know that the land is worth more than the house, but do you dare take the house down ahead of time, anticipating what somebody else wants to do, or do you leave the house up so that you're available to more kinds of financing? Because a house-cabin combo, you can finance differently than just vacant land. 
Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's a great question. We just had that done on a lot here, right in uh, Lakeshore and on Gull Lake. Uh, owner chose to take the house down prior to uh, selling just because of the fact that it was pretty much a teardown. Mm-hmm. And uh, if the house is a teardown, you're basically going to be going back to the tr- in-house financing, whether it's a home or a, a vacant lot. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, though, you're you're also pushing because if you have multiple types of buyers that could purchase that place, even if the house is, is junky, mm-hmm. as, at least there's a perception of that someone, hey, might buy it for that. That might uh, raise your land purchaser up too. So mm-hmm. there's a way in which to do that. I just ran into that as well. What about being grandfathered, you guys? So like, Mark, so you, you have a cabin that's nice and close to the lake. You wouldn't want to take that down because don't you then lose your – you know, closeness. Now you have to follow to the current setbacks, where you have to go back. You know, quite a ways more. Yeah, and that's that's those are really the, you know, that's really the, the tough part about it. Mm-hmm. You know, as you you might have a unique scenario like that, where yeah, you may not be able to get it back. You know, boat houses are a very common thing. You know, or I should I should say uncommon thing that we right. find on the lakes that you can't build them anymore. So if you have a property with a boat house, you know, there, there's huge. there's some huge value there, especially if there's any opportunity to rehab it and, and make it a real usable structure. All right. Uh, 651-989-9226. If you want to call in your real estate question or uh, send a text, that number is 81807. Uh, Terry is calling from uh, Coon Rapids. Uh, hi, Terry. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I like mm-hmm. your show. Thank you. I have a question for you guys about something that I don't understand called an unwarrantable loan or a property being unwarrantable. My husband and I put an offer on a townhouse. We're we're well qualified, pre-qualified above the full price asking. And the agent came back and said, the listing agent came back and said, well, it's going to be unwarrantable. So you're going to have a hard time. And our money guy found only one at like 7% interest. Yep. And so I, I was kind of explained to us as, the builder of the development had too many properties and then it could potentially be sold to investors? I think what happened is there's too many investors in there. And so what happens is that the title companies don't want to warrant it, which is title insurance, which insures the loan against default. And so what they're saying is that that it's it's unwarrantable. So I think you're almost going to have to – I mean depending on what that lender, I'd be interested to know who that is because a lot of them – just won't do it if it's not if it's not warrantable. That means that hey, if we get it back, I mean, we, we don't have to worry about anything. You know, it's a problem, and no one wants to be able to finance that. But I don't know your total situation, but that's what it sounds like. And sometimes it's an unwarrantable condo because of there's too many investors in there, and investors can walk away a lot easier than a homeowner typically. Or is it the part to do with the association as well, where the association might be in default or defunct? Could be, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, 651-989-9226 is the phone number. Text is 81807. Yeah, we got a lot of text messages. What happens when I'm getting ready to sell if I think my basement has asbestos tiles? I mean, if you think and you don't know, you don't have to disclose that you have asbestos tiles. But, I mean, that's something that you're going to probably end up finding out. And to me, I would want to find that out ahead of time Mm -hmm. and get it taken care of before I actually put it on the market. Now, if you don't have the money in which to be able to do that, that's a different situation. It also depends what the rest of the house is in. You know, if it's a rehab-type home, you know, the rehabbers might take that on while they're doing all the other stuff. Let's take a break. We have more show to come, more real estate show here on uh, News Talk 830 WCCO. Few clouds out there, otherwise sunny skies. Our current CCO temperature reading, 59. 
And good morning. Welcome back to The Real Estate Show here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Still have time for your real estate questions by phone or by text. 651-989-9226 is the phone number. Text, meanwhile, 81807. Let's hit a couple texts and we'll get to that, Kevin and Wilmer. Um, What app? Oh, no. Who pays for the inspection, the buyer or the seller? Typically. Buyer. It's a buyer for sure. Typically, once you secure the loan, then you or secure the the property with a purchase agreement that it's contingent upon an inspection. Typically, paid by the buyer. What What do you guys see for uh, inspection prices down here? Typically, depends on the size of the house. Three to six hundred bucks. I mean, they're all over. Then the rate on tests because of the new rules and everything Mm -hmm. all shot up to like two hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, Are you seeing condos having multiple offers as well? In your opinion, do condos hold their value? It's a lifestyle. Absolutely, they'll hold their value. Um, and, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I think, typically they look at condos as apartment buildings, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but it, and sometimes you'll have real huge association fees. But mm-hmm. look into that a little more because a lot of times it covers all your utilities as well. Yep. Parking. So, no, condos hold their value. We can talk, I mean, just surrounding this station right here. Uh, the condos have held their values wonderfully. Um let me see. But let's Should not go to talk, Kevin? But let's not talk about parking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> parking where? Uh, all right. Let's go to the phones. Kevin is calling from uh, Wilmer, I believe. Uh, Kevin, what's your question, please? Yeah. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, my wife and I own a lake home, and uh, we're at 25% rule, and we're contemplating putting in a cement driveway. Now, that cement driveway is basically going to cap us at that 25% rule. So is it better for resale value to have some flexibility with that? If you were going to resale that in a few years, this is going to be good. Let's get all four opinions here. I say, save the space for later for pavers or something. Could yeah, you do you the drive with pavers. Or yeah, something? you can paver it, and then that's that's pervious. You know, so you you don't lose that impervious part. What do you think, Brent? You know, I do like that concrete driveway. I think that's a great selling feature. But if there's other avenues with pavers and whatnot, that may be an option to look at as well. Yeah, I think the pervious pavers is uh, that's that's definitely the recommendation from a lot of the people I work with up in the Brainerd area. It uh, it leaves that available space because garage space is very very important with a lake property because you typically have a lot of toys. What about gravel? I mean, I remember the old days. You go to the cabin and it had gravel driveway right up to the. I mean, is that just so undesirable now that people fight it, or is that still okay? That's the original. Is that driveway. right next to the outhouse? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my know. luxurious I think people cabin. Usually like that, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think especially if you have room going towards the lake, mm-hmm. I think it's even more important to keep kind of keep that open. But it's interesting because there's sometimes you know you have a deck and you see a deck out in the back, but it becomes a platform if it's not attached to the house. Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't affect your impervious surface. So there's a lot of little games that you can play, but having some available. And then here's the, here's the important part. Letting people know that it's available, you know, when you're selling mm-hmm. it, because if you don't let them know, typically people don't know, right? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we got another one. What about foreclosure properties? Should a person invest in these? Brent, what do you think? Do you guys have many up there? Uh, I know we don't got a lot going on. Uh, yeah. I represent people buying foreclosures and banks selling them. Uh, it's a great opportunity. It's not for everybody though, because mm-hmm. there's usually a lot of work that needs to be done. Cash would need to be paid in most cases. It's to buy them non-contingent, so you could run into issues, so you have to be able to handle those when they come up. But you guys don't have a whole bunch of them. No, we don't. Yeah, I don't think anybody does right now. The, we're at some of the historic lows for defaults. It's pretty hard to find them. You know, buying a foreclosure is just like buying any other home. You still have to make sure you're buying it at the right price, and, and right. really you're going to have a lot of undisclosed issues because mm-hmm. there are no disclosures. 
Uh, the bank doesn't know anything about the property. So when I'm typically representing a buyer on one, it's we have to be prepared that the plumbing is shot, that the electrical is not up to date. You know, and and so you take a little bit different approach and and just making sure you're covering yourself. Here's a text that I haven't heard of, so hopefully our little Brainerd Lakes area guys know this one. Or Andy probably does. Andy knows everything. Hi, my name is Kelly. I'm on my way up to a lake property in Pine City. The property is landlocked with no access road. We've been told to look into a cartway. What can you tell me about cartways? <laughs> Everyone's looking at each other here. Anybody? Anyone knows cartways? Is? I've never heard that term. I haven't either. I'm assuming it, it means a, an easement. That's what I'm thinking too. But if, they, if it's divided, usually you have to have access to the property. There's rules, even in you know as far north as you want to go. There's rules with having access to a. Before they let somebody subdivide, if they don't own the contiguous property, they have to have access to a road for fire for you know everything else. And so, um, I would guess they're talking about an easement of some kind. Yeah, and I think there are cartways too. It's a. It's a. I don't think you see it a lot, but it's where you're almost forcing your way through somebody's property like a cartway to access yours. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, here's another good uh, thing. Pavers are not necessarily pervious any longer. That's true. There is some. So you got to check in with uh, your local municipality and what they uh, require and what it is. So uh, keep that in mind. Did we miss any of these? I don't oh, there's so. one. Do we, have, do we have buyers looking for a lake home up in Cable on the large lake? I don't know where Cable is. Anybody? Cable, Wisconsin? Cable, it must be. No, it is. Cable, Wisconsin. Yeah. I don't have Northern any. You guys Wisconsin. got any buyers over there? No, no, no buyers. Over there. All right. Okay. <laughs> 651-989-9226, text 81807. We have about three minutes to go from now, guys. Yeah, I think it would be good to you guys maybe give a little, why would someone come up to Brainerd and why would they want to buy something up from the city here, whether it's a second home or moving up there? You know, really, it's Brent? just a lifestyle. Get away from the metro area if that's what you're looking to do or just enjoy the lakes and the golfs that we have to offer. Um, I heard there's a golf course opening up today up there. I'm teeing <laughs> off at 2 o'clock. You guys better hurry up. <laughs> yeah. Where? Where's opening? Um, Craigan's opens today. Uh, all, of our, all of our courses are slowly opening up. Um, I think Madden's uh, Classic is opening uh, sometime this, le- this week. I think 24th rings a bell for some reason. But uh, all of our courses are slowly opening up and uh, – but yeah, no, you know, really moving to the Brainerd Lakes here, it's really about that lifestyle, kind of slowing down a little bit. Uh, we have a lot of people right now that they're a year or two out from retiring, and they're actually making their purchases now. They're going to rent it out. They're going to slowly move, move their way up there and then sell their house in the Twin Cities here in a year or two. Uh, that's a very, very common trend for us right now. But it's just the lifestyle. You know, you kind of slow down. You get frustrated when you hit one stoplight. I mean, it, that's that's the kind of life that I absolutely enjoy. And yeah, well, you know, we off at Craigens that two is not bad either. No, I was just going to say we we talk about the people that we know now that retire are totally a different retirement plan than the people when I was a kid. You know, it's like people now are like, "Hey, I'm retired. I'm active. I'm golfing. I'm going out to eat. We're traveling. We're you know." Versus when I was a kid, I remember they'd sit in the lawn chair and watch the kids play or something. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> retirement was different back then. It's kind of fun to see it be active grandparents and yeah, totally. Hey, say if you want to get information. On any of us, we got a, a website. That's a new it's one. Andy and Rooney. All Andy and Rooney dot com. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, we'll usually post stuff that we talk about the show, and so later on, we'll get all the stuff posted on there, and uh, people can go to that and use it. And if you guys want to contact uh, Mark or Brent here, uh, we'll get you this conf- information. And obviously, same with Andy and myself. Right. And I you think guys sometimes do... we give too many contact infos, and yeah. this is the easiest way to go. And we also, I know you guys do. Uh like cabin searches for people. So down in the cities, 
they can see what's coming available if they're interested in a certain lake or a certain price point, and then you guys email them, and then they can come up, play around a golf with you guys, go have lunch on the lake or whatever, and, and go check out some properties. Is that easy to do? Call me anytime. I'll set up the tee time. You name the course. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. Just not two o'clock today, right? Yeah, just not two o'clock today. But no, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's part of learning the experience up here. Viewbrainerlakesholms.com is where we, uh, try to send our people to. And again, to get a hold of you two guys at one brand new, uh, I keep thinking of the character on 60 Minutes, Andy Rooney, yeah. but it's Andy and, and Rooney. Rooney. We tried Andy and Chris, but they didn't have didn't that. Work. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you all. Good to see you again. We'll be back again next week. Here on CCO with more real estate talk. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 